You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Today's episode is brought to us by Bet Online. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Happy Thursday, everybody. This is the post game podcast. The Timberwolves fell to the Sacramento Kings by 13 on Wednesday. This was a closer game than that um, up until the final couple of minutes when everything fell apart for Minnesota. Still some good individual numbers in the box score, but uh, the defense, uh, I want to talk about the defense today. I want to talk about offensive execution down the stretch. It's all upcoming on the show here today. There is plenty to talk about on this, the eve, when I guess when I'm recording this, and the day of the trade deadline this year. So plenty to talk about on the show. Uh, first of all, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. And that includes Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, so setting this thing up, uh, the Timberwolves beat the Kings on Tuesday night pretty easily. It ended up being a 20-point margin, and Sacramento was shorthanded. They had just completed the big trade, sent out Tyrese Halbert and Buddy Heald, Tristan Thompson, and just were shorthanded. I did not think they'd have all their new players suited up on Wednesday night. I was wrong. They did. That meant that the Kings got to deploy Demonis Sabonis, who's been a Timberwolves killer, of course, as a member of the Pacers over the past few seasons. And then also Jeremy Lamb coming in off the bench uh, and playing a significant role for them uh, in terms of shooting the ball from the perimeter and Justin Holiday, So three solid rotation players. By the way, I didn't really get into the weeds on what I thought about this trade yesterday. This is after all Timberwolves podcast, but I actually don't hate the trade for the Kings. I mean, Sabonis is obviously the best player in the trade. And I actually would be surprised if Tyrese Halliburton ended up, I know a lot of people think he's got a higher ceiling. I don't know that he's ever going to be better than Demonis Sabonis. He is, however, a starting caliber player right now, and he has a very high floor. Um, so I understand why both sides made this trade. Um, and the Kings are probably a little better after making it because I think that trio of players is better than the trio overall that they sent out. I, I don't know exactly why they did it because this team isn't going to finish higher than maybe ninth best case in the Western Conference, probably 10th realistically. Anyway, that's a whole other topic. Uh, but all that to say, three quality rotation players played on Wednesday that didn't play Tuesday. So if if you're just a casual observer and, and it's like, ah, oh, why did the Wolves lose to a team that's that came into this thing 16 games under 500 that they beat 20 by 20 points the night before? Well, the Kings added three really good players that did not play on Tuesday. So that's part of it. Um, I want to get into some of the other reasons here in a minute, but the Wolves were healthy outside of Patrick Beverly sitting out with the, uh, the just really more for rest than anything else. But of course, he's had the ankle. He's had any issue this year. And Pat Bev has, has often sat out several games each year going back really his entire career. Um, so he was sitting out for rest. Coming into this game, the Timberwolves had the longest active streak of losing both games of a road back-to-back. This is an incredible stat. Um, I read this somewhere on Twitter, and I, I forget who it was, so I feel badly about that. But then Fox Sport or Bally, excuse me, Bally Sports North ran this during their broadcast. The Wolves had lost 27 consecutive uh, second game of a back-to-back on the road, 
which is by far the most in in the NBA. I think the Pistons were second at like 14. The Bulls have lost 27 straight back ends of road back-to-backs. The other crazy statistic, and I first saw this from Alan Horton on Twitter, the Wolves have not won six games in a row since 2004. What else happened in 2004? The Timberwolves made the Western Conference Finals, and it was also the last time they won a playoff series. And the second to last time, the second most recent time they were actually in the playoffs, uh, that's incredible and and actually surprises me a little bit. Um, and Valley Sports North said this, 14 teams have already had six game or greater winning streaks this, se- this season. The Timberwolves do not have one still after losing this one. So all that to say, there was a lot stacked against the Timberwolves in, in this game. But still, they came out on fire offensively. They were up eight at the end of the first quarter. This really did feel early a lot like Tuesday's game. Anthony Edwards was phenomenal. I think he had 14 points in the first quarter. The Timberwolves starters were hot. D'Angelo Russell played well. Towns was quiet early, but he didn't need to do much. The, the Wolves hung 37 on the board in the first quarter. But then the bench came in, and the bench was awful. For as good as they were Tuesday and as good as they've been recently, and as much as they've talked about wanting to be or they consider themselves the best bench in the league, they really struggled in this game. Total, the bench shot three of 15 on three-point attempts in this game, combining all the bench numbers. Um, I mean, Malik Beasley was not good after playing really well on Tuesday, um, which is unfortunately slipping right back into what we've seen for much of this season. Now he's had much better play for an extended period of time recently, but that was disappointing. Torian Prince did not have a good game. He got into some, uh, committed several fouls early. I think he, yeah, he had three fouls in 13 minutes. Um, Nas Reed struggled defensively when he ended up matched up against the likes of Damanis Sabonis, Rashawn Holmes uh, as well. And uh, just not a good stint for the bench. The Timberwolves gave up, somehow gave up 42 points to the Kings in the second quarter. Um, and the the defense, well, we'll get into the defense here in key takeaways, but especially in the pick and roll, just terrible, bad point of attack defense, uh, still issues with, with helping the helper in a lot of cases. Um, this score, again, an out of control halftime score. By the time we got to the end of the third quarter, the Timberwolves were still ahead um, or had climbed back in front, but this was at the end of the third quarter. The score was one hundred one to ninety nine. That is, um, that should be a final score. I mean, I guess not as much in today's NBA, but um, I mean, like, I don't know, one hundred one ninety nine at the end of the third quarter. It's not what your traditional basketball fan would uh, would enjoy necessarily. Um, D'Angelo Russell himself by himself scored thirteen points in the third quarter. He was kind of the the linchpin in this, like. It was a 13 to three run middle of the third quarter. Minnesota had fallen behind. They climbed back on top because of this 13, three run. Uh, the Timberwolves had to shift their defensive strategy because Carl Anthony Towns picked up a fourth foul pretty early in the third quarter, or he went at halftime with three, then picked up a fourth. So the Timberwolves put Jared Vanderbilt on Sabonis for a while and put Carl Anthony Towns on, uh, on Metu, who, by the way, I mean, Metu had a really good game, a uh, really good first half uh, primarily, but um, the Timberwolves kind of hid cat to try and keep him from picking up additional fouls. And then, so up to at the, at the start of the fourth quarter, the Timberwolves kept Cat on the bench for the first five minutes of the fourth. He comes in to a tie game. So the Wolves were only a minus two with him on the floor. So a tie game with seven to play. And then it's a tie game again with just over three minutes to play. Um, Carl Anthony Towns battling on the glass on the stretch. He, by the way, Towns had zero rebounds at halftime. He had four after three quarters. And then he finished this game with, with uh, eight, I believe. Um, uh, sorry, it was seven rebounds. So he did a lot of work on the glass in the second half and and especially the fourth quarter. But then down the stretch in this game, this is going to be one of my key takeaways. Uh, so I want to talk about it a little more in depth here in a minute. 
but the Timberwolves just missed shots. The execution was not very good offensively. Um, and really it was sloppy all game long, but the Wolves got a couple of decent shots. D'Lo uh, got a little bit shot happy in this one after he had that hot stretch in the third quarter. But then Towns had a pretty easy post look, a one-on-one kind of a jump hook from about 10 feet, uh, eight feet out. Missed it. Uh, D'Lo had one bad shot, and then he had another one where he got open, and it was a decent look, and he missed it. Anthony Edwards had a couple of rough decisions in the final few minutes, and then the Wolves compounded that by letting the Kings score easy baskets in what was a close game. This went from a tie game to a double-digit Kings lead very quickly. Uh, the wheels just completely came off down the stretch, and you know it, this is the second night of a back-to-back. The Kings are energized on their home floor. I get all that. Um, but it was a little bit jarring to see them collapse like that against a clearly inferior team and in that fashion. So disappointing finish to the game, to be sure, and generally a, a disappointing result. Um, we're going to do takeaways next, key takeaways. I don't want to say I told you so, but I do want to go back to something that I, I stated uh, leading into this road trip, leading into this, I guess it was late last week, leading into this week, then also brought up again on when, or, yeah, Wednesday show, the post-game show from Tuesday night's game. Um, and then I want to get into a couple of, of more uh, in-depth things about the game, my key takeaways from the game as a whole. So we're going to do that here next. First, though, let's talk about the title sponsors of today's show, and that, of course, is Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the playoffs, and now the big game is this coming Sunday, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, plus live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, today, Thursday, you're listening to this on Thursday, and uh, it's trade deadline day. Thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen, but today you should make your second listen. The NBA trade deadline show, uh, that's today, Thursday the 10th, 2 p.m. Central or 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, the Lockdown NBA podcast will cover it live from 1 to 3 Central. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. And if earlier this week's any indication, there will be moves this afternoon. Subscribe to Lockdown NBA YouTube. Turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. All right, um, let's talk key takeaways. So number one, I don't want to say I told you so, but uh, coming into this stretch, two games against the Pistons, one road, one home. Two games against the Kings, both in Sacramento. I said the Wolves would likely go three and one in this stretch. It was really hard to win. First of all, it's not easy to win four straight games, especially when three of them are on the road. One's on a back-to-back. And the Kings aren't awful, awful, right? I mean, like they're currently 10th in the West. They're not good. The two Wolves are better. But, um, you know, I thought the Wolves could, there was a good chance they went three and one. A layer into that, uh, what I had mentioned about playing two consecutive games against the team, I was surprised the Wolves didn't sleepwalk more on Tuesday. So no Patrick Beverly on the floor, energized Kings team. A little bit of sleepwalking was expected on Wednesday. The other thing that I've been talking about quite a bit, and I brought this up on Tuesday's show or Wednesday's show, I guess, following Tuesday's game, that the Timberwolves defense has not been good for a while. Now, I know I'm not alone in realizing that if you've been watching the Timberwolves you've noticed no doubt that the defense has really struggled, but it's easier to overlook when they're winning games. When was the last time the Timberwolves held somebody below a hundred points? It's a great question. You have to go all the way back to January 16th, the Steph Curryless 
and uh, uh, Draymond Greenless, Golden State Warriors, on January 16th, the Timberwolves beat them 119 to 99. So that was uh, three weeks ago. And not only did they not have Steph Curry, they still scored 99 points. The only other time, the, the, the last time or the time before that would have been the home game against the Thunder back on January 5th. They held the Thunder to 90 points. So only twice since the first of the year have the Timberwolves held an opponent below 100 points. And one of those times was 99 points to Steph Curryless war Steph Curryless Warriors team. So the defense has been pretty bad of late. They gave up 132 on Wednesday to the Kings. They gave up 114 in the win prior to that. They gave up 105 in a win over the Pistons. They gave up 117 in a win over the Pistons with no Cade Cunningham last Thursday. And they gave up 115 in the big win over the Nuggets at home last, going back to last Tuesday, which was the second game of this winning streak. Um, oh, by the way, they gave up 106 to a, a uh, Donovan Mitchell-less Jazz team to start the winning streak. So, it's just been all about offense. And this is exactly what we thought this Timberwolves team would be is all offense, pretty miserable defense. And that's what we've got over the last couple of weeks. And yes, it's led to more winning, but they've also beaten the Pistons twice. They've beaten the Kings. They beat a Steph Curryless Warriors team. They beat the the stumbling Portland Trailblazers, the collapsing Brooklyn Nets. You know, there's a couple nice ones in there. I mean, the Jazz with no Mitchell. Uh, I guess Denver's really the only solid, solid win going back to early January. Um, and I'm not at all saying like, ah, the wolves aren't who we, you know, they aren't as good as it looks like they've been over the last couple of weeks. That's not what I'm saying. I still think the wolves finish somewhere between the sixth and eighth spot in the West, very likely sixth or seventh. And in, in my opinion, I'm just saying that, that this team has flipped their identity completely and we can't ignore how bad the defense has been recently. Um, now, the Bulls on Friday are going to be a massive test. Uh, the the new look Pacers, and by that I mean trading away some of their better players. You know, no Karis Levert, no Demonis Sabonis, no Jeremy Lamb. Uh, you know, no no Justin Holiday. That Pacers team, the Wolves play in Indiana for the matinee on Sunday is going to look very different. But the Chicago team on Friday, that's going to be a really big challenge. If the Wolves play defensively against the Bulls like they did against the Kings in either one of these games in Sacramento, the Bulls are going to hang hang 150 points easily on the Timberwolves on Friday. I mean that. Um, with as fast as the Timberwolves play and as bad as they've been at the point of attack recently, uh, look out on Friday. The Wolves will not be able to keep pace with the Bulls if they play defense like this. Um, point of attack has been the biggest issue. I think, uh, somehow it's, it's appeared as though the wolves are playing drop coverage. And I don't think that they're trying to play drop coverage. I just think that point of attack has been lazy. And then, uh, the bigs have been a little lazy. I mean, towns was pretty good against the Pistons. I think in both games defensively thought in this game, he just wasn't getting out far enough and hedging and, and screening a roll action. And the point of attack from D'Angelo Russell, from Malik Beasley, from, uh, Anthony Edwards, it was just lackadaisical. Um, guys were not fighting through screens. They weren't contesting jumpers um, and helping the helper continues to be almost non-existent for this defense. And when you're not turning teams over, remember the Wolves caused the Kings to commit 10 very early turnovers, um, or I guess it was 10 total turnovers on Tuesday, but several of them were early in the game um, in the win on Tuesday night that was able to cover for some of the overall deficiencies defensively. And that's what we've seen from this Wolves team all year. I've been saying this since, since really since late November is that Minnesota's defense was a little bit smoke and mirrors because early in the season, opponents were not shooting the ball well from three. And there's a ton of luck involved in opponent three point shooting percentage. Yes, there's technique. Yes, there's skill. Yes, there's um, effort and energy, but there's, there's a lot of noise there. There's a lot of, of, uh, of luck and good fortune that can go into opponents shooting poorly from beyond the arc. So that was the thing, the high turnover rate, also the high foul rate. 
those things have not gone away. The high turnover rate has has remained because the Timberwolves still do a good job at turning opponents over. They're still very active. They've got guys with their hands in passing lanes like Patrick Beverly and uh, Jade McDaniels and Jared Vanderbilt. These guys are still hunting steals in a in a mostly good way, right? They're not over. I mean, there has been some issues lately with over, you know, Anthony Edwards gets caught trying to gamble a little bit too much. D'Angelo Russell does it as well to kind of compensate for not being able to stay in front of guys sometimes. Um, but the high foul rate continues to be an issue. They gave up 27 free throw attempts to the Kings in this game. And at halftime, it was basically even. The Wolves, I believe, shot only three free throws in the second half and the Kings shot like 13 in the second half. And it was only, yes, the officiating was bad. I don't want to I don't, I don't feel like complaining about the officiating. It was really bad in this game. The Wolves also did not deserve to win. I mean, both things can be true. Um, and uh, the Timberwolves cannot defend without fouling. They are struggling to defend the three-point line. Um, and some of that, some of that opponent three-point shooting percentage is regressing or I guess progressing upwards, right? Opponents are shooting better from three because eventually that was going to happen. So there was a little smoke and mirrors early in the season. And also the Wolves have just actively been worse defensively of late. And they've got to get that straightened out. The effort needs to be better. The consistency needs to be there. Um, otherwise, they're going to get murdered by the Bulls on Friday. Um, and then uh, the schedule overall gets easier. But there's some tough ones upcoming that the Timberwolves will not win if they play defense like they have for the past, uh, what, two weeks or so. All right. Second key takeaway. So that was my long-winded uh, way of talking about how I was right about the Timberwolves defense being bad lately. And I was right about it being hard to win all four of these games. Um, and the Wolves going three and one over these four games. Um, second thing is the bench was really bad in this game. And really it's just flipping roles from what we saw on Wednesday when the starters struggled. Some Anthony Edwards was not good, or excuse me, Tuesday. Um, these late games, I just, I'm getting my days of the week all mixed up now because I'm recording these so late. Uh, the, the Wolves, First win over the Kings, the bench was very good. Not the case in this game. I said earlier they combined to shoot three of 15 on three-point attempts. Uh, the leading bench score for the Wolves was Nas Reed with seven points in 12 minutes on five shots. Malik Beasley shot just two of nine. Jordan McLaughlin, after posting a double-double on Tuesday, had just four points and two assists in 14 minutes of this game. No Patrick Beverly uh, was a big deal, as it turned out, in terms of just kind of maintaining some level of, of um, calm maybe isn't the right word related to Patrick Beverly, but but um, there wasn't a steady hand on the wheel in this one because D'Lo was very good for the first three quarters and then things kind of unraveled for him late. Patrick Beverly would have been nice to have in this one. Um, just a bad bench performance and a solid performance offensively from the starters. My next key takeaway is late game execution in general. I, I talked about this earlier, but uh, you know, uh, stagnant offense, D'Angelo Russell dribbling the air out of the ball, uh, trying to make the hero pass. Anthony Edwards committed a bad turnover. Towns missed a shot he should have made. The execution was poor. And then once they got a couple of decent shots, one of the D'Lo attempts and the Towns attempt in the paint, they just missed them. And the Kings made their, you know, Harrison Barnes made his relatively open corner three-pointer to basically put the game away. Um, and the Kings were more aggressive in general on their end of the floor. Late game execution was very disappointing. And also not getting back on defense in transition. I hadn't talked about that yet. That was an issue throughout the game, but also late. When the, when the Kings put the game away, Minnesota was just late getting back in transition. There was a lot of um, of of not not hustle from from the Timberwolves players. It was just a, a complete lack of hustle at times getting back defensively, which by the way was not the case Tuesday. I talked about that. Even though the defense wasn't great, it felt like the Wolves were desperate to win that game. They were at least hustling and playing hard, and I didn't get that vibe necessarily in this game. I think the officiating got in their heads a little bit, and it was a little bit of a woe is me late in the game still. Um, which was obviously detrimental to their chances to win. 
The last thing is rebounding. I haven't had to harp on rebounding much lately because it's gotten better. Even when it feels like the Kings game, the first Kings game, it felt like they were losing on the glass and they ended up winning the, the rebounding battle by three. Not so in this game. Demonis Sabonis changed things quite a bit. Sacramento was a plus 17 on the glass. The Timberwolves somehow went through an entire NBA game and only managed to, to grab 34 rebounds. Jared Vanderbilt had 11 Carl Anthony Towns had seven. Nobody else had more than four on the Timberwolves. Towns had zero rebounds at halftime. He had four coming into the fourth quarter and seven for the game. Jade McDaniels had just four in 33 minutes. Anthony Edwards had a single rebound in a team high, a team high, actually a game high, 38 minutes of play. One single rebound for Anthony Edwards. Um, not going to cut it. I mean, the rebounding has to be better. It's one of the arguments for trading for big. I don't, again, I'm on record as saying, I don't think the Wolves make a trade. I, you know, I, I don't know. You're not going to do better overall in a backup five behind Towns than Nas Reed. And, and you're not going to trade for a big that's going to take away from Towns minutes. So, and if you like Jared Vanderbilt, why would you, I mean, I don't know how the Wolves fix it other than getting Anthony Edwards and Jade McDaniels to rebound their positions better. Generally speaking, D'Lo is a pretty decent rebounding guard. Patrick Beverly is a decent rebounding guard. They need the bench to do a little better. Like Malik Beasley, one rebound in 20 minutes again in this game. They need Jaden McDaniels to do better on the glass. They need Anthony Edwards to be more consistent on the glass. That's where the Wolves need to improve uh, is, is well, Towns and Vanderbilt are locking guys up down low. They need their their wings and their guards to uh, to just do a better job grabbing loose balls and grabbing rebounds. Um, so the rebound battle was a big reason for losing this game. It was very disappointing. All right, let's talk individual studs and duds here next. Uh, that's how we'll close the show here today and get you ready for the trade deadline this afternoon, Thursday afternoon. First though, Let's talk about our old friends at rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when choosing Rock Auto. Why spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers now for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they have everything you could possibly need, from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil to even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, let's talk individual studs and duds from this one. Um, hard to argue against what the big three did offensively. Um, I mean, they were good. Carl Anthony Towns, to me, had a solid game. Um, he had a couple of bad turnovers. There was a travel that was unnecessary. There was a ball he lost out of bounds. Um, but, I mean, he played well. 21 points in this game, eight assists, and I think like five or six of those were in the first half. So 21 points, eight assists, seven rebounds. He shot nine of 17. I mean, better than 50% from the field, one of four on threes. He only had two free throw attempts. Third straight game where the free throw attempts seem a little low for him. Uh, and that's only partially his fault. One block in this game, three turnovers and three personal fouls. I said earlier he had four. I guess he just was playing with three for the entire third quarter, uh, which is why the Wolves are kind of trying to hide him on, uh, on Metu. But I mean, 21, eight and seven, 
in 34 minutes on better than 50% from the field. I mean, this was a good game from Towns. And especially because he didn't score hardly at all early in the game, came on strong late. And uh, the Kings did a pretty good job defensively. Towns has always struggled a little bit with Sabonis. I mean, Sabonis is a really unique big in that he's skilled enough to, to be a good passer and play on the perimeter, but he's also, uh, he's, he's a force down low. I mean, he is, he's strong and he's obviously very big and very skilled. Um, and town struggles a little bit with Sabonis, but, um, a good game from cat. Um, and he, again, not the reason the Timberwolves lost. I, I talked already about the, about the defensive issues. I need to be clear. I mean, really nobody played well defensively in this game for the Wolves. So I'm, I'm naming studs based on what they did offensively. I, I don't think there's a single person that I would sit here and say, okay, yeah, they were, they, they brought it defensively. They were good defensively. Um, you know, Jared Vanderbilt, I guess the effort was there. I was surprised he ended up with only one block in the box score. It felt like he was more active than that. You know, he was good on the glass. So Vando maybe would be the exception, but defensively across the board, they were not good. So I'm not, adv- I'm not arguing that Towns had a good defensive game. He did not, uh, but he was good offensively for the Wolves. Uh, second for me, I, I mean, it's tough. I, I guess I'd have to go D'Angelo Russell. I mean, the final couple minutes were pretty bad for D'Lo. The first three and a half quarters were really good. Um, the shot selection was was kind of what you'd expect at a high volume D'Lo, which is he gets hot and then and then it, you just know the shot's going up. But he also passed the ball extremely well. There were a couple of sloppy turnovers. One, at least one was late in the game and, and was obviously harmful. Um, but 29 points on 10 of 20 shooting, six of 13 on threes, 10 assists in this game, four rebounds, a block and a steal, four turnovers for D'Lo. It was a really good game overall, a great line. Uh, if you watch the first three quarters, you'd be convinced he was an all-star, um, but it, it was not good. This was not ice in his veins D'Lo late in the fourth quarter. Just wasn't. Um, so definitely disappointing. You could argue for Anthony Edwards as the third one. He did have 26 points, but he took 25 shots, had one rebound, one assist, and two turnovers. Not Anthony Edwards' best game. He did play better than he did the last couple of times out. He admitted, I think post-game, that his knees have been bothering him. And this was the best he'd felt in a month and a half, which I mean, he scored 40 a couple weeks ago. So, you know, whatever, but uh, not going to give him the third stud. I'm going to instead give it to Jade McDaniels, who quietly had a really solid all around game, 13 points, four rebounds, three assists and a steal. He knocked down three of his six, three point attempts. His 13 points came on eight shots. He, I mean, knocked down three of this. I mean, these were catch and shoot threes. I think at least at least four of his six three-point attempts were on passes from Carl Anthony Towns where McDaniels found himself in the corner, was spotting up in the slot and just waited on a pass and knocked it down half the time. So we'll take this out of Jaden McDaniels. He committed five fouls in 33 minutes. He was okay defensively, but 13 points, four rebounds, three assists and a steal and three made threes on six attempts. That is the sort of game the Timberwolves will take from Jaden McDaniels each and every night. So he gets my third stud award in this game. In terms of duds, uh, Malik Beasley, welcome back to the dud category. I mean, after two, three, four strong games, four out of the last six, I think he'd scored 20 or more points. That did not happen in this game. 20 minutes played, six points on nine shots, two of nine shooting, one of seven on three-point attempts, and uh, tried to find some of that magic with the quick trigger release a couple of times. I'm not even sure the ball was entirely in his hands where he was catching and shooting. It was almost like he was just pushing it towards the rim from beyond the arc. Uh, did not find that same magic that he had on Tuesday. Six points for Malik Beasley on nine shot attempts. And in 20 minutes, just one rebound and one assist for Malik. He was a game worst, a game worst, minus 20 in the plus minus column. Again, I know there's a lot of noise there. 
but it kind of felt like the game worst minus 20 made sense for Malik in this game. Also not a very good game from Torian Prince. He finally came back down to earth and, uh, and then some, I guess, with two points in 13 minutes. One of four shooting, missed his only two three-point attempts, committed three fouls in 13 minutes and was a minus 18. So putting a bow on this one, disappointing loss, somewhat predictable. I figured they lose one of the two games in Sacramento, an energized team with three good rotation players and one you know star in Demonis Sabonis, really, joining the team, a team that was okay to begin with. Um, not a shock that Timberwolves lost. It was disappointing that they were in the game late and then fell apart down the stretch. And it's very disappointing that the defense has been so miserable for so long now. Um, And they've only got one day off before they go to Chicago. Hopefully uh, Patrick Beverly with a couple of days rest now. uh, Really, yeah, I guess it'll just still just be two days rest. We'll be ready to go Friday. Edwards can rest that knee. um, And the Wolves will have a tough task against Zach Levine and the Chicago Bulls on Friday night. Um, But, the Timberwolves still in in the seventh spot in the Western Conference, so they're they're in a good place. The schedule lightens up just a little bit here soon. Uh, they just have to uh, have to play better defensively. That's the biggest thing and the biggest concern for me right now. All right, uh, that's all we have for you today. Of course, we'll be back Friday. If anything breaks, Timberwolves related. To, I mean, if they make a trade, we'll do a podcast earlier, um, as early as I can on Thursday. So I, I may, if it's something minor, I'll do a Friday show uh, earlier on Thursday. If if they do something major, I'll do an extra show. We'll get a show up Thursday as well as Friday's regular show. Otherwise, we'll have our regular Friday show. I'll mention any significant trades that happen in the NBA, my take on those, uh, on, on any trades that do happen Thursday that don't involve the Wolves, anything significant. Otherwise, we'll do a regular Friday show. We'll get you ready for the weekend of games. We'll get you ready for Wolves-Bulls on Friday night and uh, talk about what's next for Minnesota here moving forward. So that's all upcoming. Thank you again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, Lockdown of Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, plus Odyssey and anywhere else. You listen to podcasts. You can follow on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to Locked On Wolves. Of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. And don't forget about the Locked On NBA Trade Deadline Show on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Thursday afternoon, 2 p.m. Central. They start broadcasting at 1 p.m. Central and will go for two hours through the deadline to 3 p.m. Central. So be sure to turn your notifications on and check that out at the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel. All right. Uh, also a reminder, you can make your second list in Lockdown Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.